Some say he's a technical whiz. Some say he was born in Cornwall. While some say that he's on a journey. It's the journey. And here's your host, David Hackett. Hi everyone, another guest, and today's guest is a founder and CEO of their own company. They are an empathy empowerment coach, and they are also the creator of the AMPM method, which we've probably no doubt discussed, host of the Mindset Athlete podcast, a TEDx speaker and author with over 15 years of experience in exercise, diet, and mindset as a coach. They are also a two-time Paralympic athlete, an alum of both Swansea University and the University of Chester in the UK. We welcome James Owen Roberts to the journey. Welcome, James. Thank you for the introduction, David. Thank you for having me on. No worries. And to start, and I always like asking this, where does your journey begin? Now, I know it said it in your bio, but I want you to tell us. Well, my journey starts 36 years ago, as we as we as were discussing. It'll be my 37th birthday this year. Um, both my parents are ex-military. Um, my dad is a U.S. Uh, Air Force retiree, and my mother is a NATO uh, retired civilian. So I grew up uh, over in Belgium for 19 years of my life. So I've pretty much been immersed to multiculturalism from as early as I can remember so my journey started there to to get to the heights that obviously you've mentioned in the introduction gosh in my wildest dreams that I think those those would come true probably not and I'm being real with that with you and and the audience uh did I did I expect to 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 go to two Paralympics I probably would have bit your hand off for one um but for me it's it's that humble beginning of the journey probably starts with probably my grandmother, very stubborn person, very stubborn <laughs> lady she was. Uh, my family is probably to the core like that. It's If you tell me no, I'm going to figure out a, a, a solution to that problem because back in the day, I probably had something to prove because of the disability, but maybe to show to others that, hey, I've achieved all that and and probably the world, world is still my oyster in terms of what I want, would like to achieve. So the journey is still very much ongoing. Uh, what I've achieved in 35 years, gosh, for some people, they probably wouldn't maybe even realize that in a lifetime. So for that, for me, that's a massive blessing because it's like, well, you've achieved so much and it's taken probably speaking to other people, writing things down for other people to kind of go and to contemplate gosh James you've achieved quite a lot and this this, this is that's an only an introduction but I've had to do a two-page document of what I've achieved <laughs> and I went wow when I actually read what I'd actually achieved but because I've lived it it's kind of go oh no big deal oh I wanted to do this no big deal but I think that is an element that's I think people maybe lost sight of the journey. They don't respect it as much as maybe they should. And they, they, I think we're more focused on 
how we get from A to B as quickly as possible. And we don't actually enjoy the process. So be it that I work heavily in health and fitness, it's a, it's a big it's a big discussion point that I'll bring up loads of times because people do not they do not enjoy most of the diet dietary journey that they have. Mm. It's like, well, that well, why did you start that in the first place? And so I think my family, I owe, I owe enormous amount to my family for 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 the journey that I've had up until this point, and yeah. obviously may long continue. Yeah. Um. So going to you as a child, it goes in your bio. You was a few days old when your mum was first told that you had it dysplasia, and then after further examination, it was discovered that it was much worse than that, and that you, that you had a small fibula, a small tibula, and no femur, and a radiograph went on to say I shouldn't. You shouldn't be able to walk, let alone do some of the things that you went later went on to achieve. Now, those achievements I mentioned in your initial bio, that is truly amazing in its own right mind. You know, being a Paralympic in the 2012, in your own, you know, in United Kingdom, that's amazing in its own right mind. Well, I've got to thank my pet. I got to thank my mom in particular because you never told me that until I was probably about, gosh, early teens because I asked because I was inquisitive. So I've I've got to owe a lot of that gratitude to the family because it's like, well, okay, that's a setback. Let's not tell him. So that so the so now the the ceiling that I can achieve, I set, not somebody else's. It's technically, it's factual, it's true. I shouldn't be able to walk. But if you don't tell somebody their own limitations, they set them themselves. So am I surprised I went on to to, to compete at home? I, even my own family didn't want me to compete in London. They'd rather me go into the media, but that's obviously a different story altogether. But for me, it was a dream. It was like, I'm going to have one shot at this to compete at home because most athletes never get to compete at home games. I want this. And for me, it's enormous amount. It's actually behind me, but you can't see it. That's London 2012 on the wall. So for me, it's, it's very, very important for me, even to this day, what we now over a decade later because it speaks volumes from where I started to I've got no recollection of that if I was a few days old uh of of yeah yes that that is he, he's factually correct from a medical professional he's correct I shouldn't be able to walk because the the bones themselves aren't strong enough to hold me up but I've done it. I've done it anyway. Yeah. And so I think, lip, so I think, well, I think people got to remember the mind is more powerful than you would have ever imagine. It's, it's mm. just a case of we, we put limiting beliefs on ourselves of what we can achieve because of, it could be from an education standpoint. It could be our own parents. It could be our friends. It could be our colleagues. You name it. It's an, it's somebody else's narrative that we're taking on board and this is something that i do especially in my coaching is i get people to be aware of it 
where does what is this thought process or this thinking come from is is do you even align with it do, do you even agree with it is it even even is it even what you've created because this could be if i use myself as the example because it's probably easier that's a narrative i could have for 30 years oh i can't walk and you've got you've got in front of you obviously what my grandmother said as well mm. i didn't know about that until before the covid pandemic so so that's 30 years old those yeah. sentiments of hey how is james going to survive is he going to be in the wheelchair for the rest of life so if if my family would agree with what the a medical professional would have said 35 years ago that would be my reality because i would have identified with that sentiment of oh i need to create the behaviors that go along with it oh i need to be in a wheelchair to to the point that before we come in on air you talked about obviously your family's from north wales as well and my basketball coach that i've got now he grew up in an era that obviously disabled people weren't allowed in mainstream schooling and we're only talking about 40 years ago yeah, like 40, exactly. 40 50 years oh, ago yeah to, to the point that my generation is like that's a bit odd I've always I've always been in mainstream education to the point that he he's had to to learn through street smarts not had qualifications and and, and he's turned out to be gosh an amazing individual to 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 if I can do some of the things he's done um what's he now but 50s in another 15 years time for me as in like the legacy aspect of it i'll be very proud of myself because what he's uh enabled for disabled people in north wales because he, he wanted to have some sort of pathway when it came to sport to be successful that's one way to be able to see from and I'm going to get my words very carefully now so I don't make a mistake when we're at practice or we're training disability is not even it's, it's not looked at we all got disabilities of some shape or form but we all look at it, each other based on our ability mm. what how how good are we in that sport and that's it and I think that's a wonderful legacy that disabled sport has given me that it's given me uh, a, a perception of viewing people based on their character what can you give me for based on your values and morals i'm not going to determine you whether or not you're good or bad because of circumstances because that's not fair that's a judgment so i think that journey of gosh what is it now 15 years has changed my life and completely flipped it upside down to when I started out in disabled sport of the amount of things I'm not going to, I'm not going to say some of these things because they're very, they are very on PC, but what is a, what is almost acceptable in disabled sport wouldn't be allowed in a mainstream society. But I think it just normalizes it. And yeah. to, to view other people with different disabilities as, Hey, we're going to give banter. It's just, it's, it's jokes, but obviously not, it's not going to get out of hand. So I think a lot of that is down to my environment of environments because 
I could have resorted to being a victim if I were to have acknowledged what my grandmother said to my mother 35, 36 years ago. Um, if 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 you you'd have pressed me and said, "Did your grandmother really say those things?" Not around me, she didn't. Never. I I was surprised and gobsmacked when my mother told me that about two two three years ago. I was yeah. like, I'd have never guessed because <laughs> she was the complete opposite. My my the sun shined out my eyes. If I'm going to put it. <laughs> But <laughs> politely, but I, I would, I was a, I was, a, it, it, I probably, my grandma never actually got to see me to fill some of that potential I had in sport because she died, uh, twenty one years ago. So right at the beginnings of me starting to take off in, in in high level sport, but if it wasn't for her, my mother and everybody, all the coaches around me along the way. I wouldn't be here speaking to you today. And that's a fact. Mm. So we do laugh about this from time to time. I think my mother was scared to come back to obviously face my grandmother if she hadn't put me in a position to at least start on that journey. Um, and probably a little bit, I was probably scared of her, my mother, of because she backed me to to high heaven. If this is what you want to do, I'm going to support you 100% even when there was people that didn't support me and that was some of that with my own family. For for me now there's that almost massive appreciation of what people had faith and belief in in me the very you know the fledging little flames uh, of what could happen and obviously that's the start of a journey. It's it's to what it is of uh, me speaking to you today, but it's a massive, big, massive, big fl- inferno. It's that what I was able to to get from that little kindling. I owe it to obviously my mother, my grandmother. I did probably look towards the end of my career to, to the heavens and kind of go, "You never got to see, never got to see this, but this is for you." So for for me, obviously my background. It was a privilege to represent Great Britain because of um, well, my grandmother and grandfather fought in World War Two, so it's that's as close as I'm going to get ever going to get to military service because of a disability. So it means a lot for me to wear the Union Jack, maybe maybe I'm going to say more or less than somebody else, but very patriotic when it comes to that. So, but I think a lot of that stems from from my upbringing. Yeah. So you're saying about how it is and I often when I interview people relate to certain things in my life to cross reference and I remember I always like football. Now that's the most common sport in UK any and probably it's grown everywhere else but I thought I couldn't play football. I lived in London for about eight months I think it was. And in that time, I had the opportunity to join a disabled football team. And I don't mind promoting them because I think they would like the publicity in some way. It was the Felton Bees, which was part of Brentford Football Club. Now, at the time, 
I thought I wasn't going to be good. I thought I wasn't going to be anything. And even in, you know, I played a couple of games against other disabled teams and I felt good. Now, I was the old, one of the older ones there because I started late, but I always had dreams of doing things like playing football or doing blogs or I wanted to do something. So from what I understand how you are, you had a dream all along when you had these dreams, even though, you know, you found out yourself you could you know couldn't physically do it yourself but you did it and you defined those odds well i think for me i was fortunate because my friends in school primary school elementary school all the way through schooling were very sporty so i i have a little bit of an advantage because i'm going to say this because it's the truth i was obsessive about it I lived it, I breathed it. It's pretty much everything that I talked about from the age of, I don't know, five years old up until when I probably started getting a bit more open to talking about other things. Maybe late high school, because family family got a little bit annoyed with me. Oh, the only thing you can talk about is sport. But that is one of the reasons why I was successful, is because I almost blanked out everything that wasn't important to it if it if it wasn't moving me closer to my goal it can go so drinking not not on the cards smoking not on the cards social life i'm not very social now so to speak i don't go out that much i'm not a party animal so that's never been on the radar so for for me that was what I wanted to do as early as I can remember. Oh, I want to be a professional athlete of some shape or form. Don't know how I'm going to do it. Don't know what it looks like, but that's what I want to do. So the 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 fear of the uncertainty of the future, I wasn't wary of. I didn't care. It's like, I don't know, what's behind door number one. It could be bad. It could be good. Don't know until I open it. And, you know, because when you're younger... You never, and even when I was younger, we never thought that the Olympics would come to London. And that's what makes it more defining because obviously your dream came effectively more true when you heard the news that London received the Paralympics and obviously the Olympics. Now we know what happened the day after, which was sad, but mm. it was the fact that that day and I remember the day when it was at London had won London Olympics and the Paralympics it was like a breathtaking moment and for that moment I felt London had achieved something and it's a once in a lifetime for most people for the, our generation it's a once in a lifetime oh we've got something we've got something we won't hear of another and I'm not saying this in the harshest way we probably won't hear another Olympics in this generation it's like here in the world cup that happened in 1966 we're not going to have another world cup for political reasons but we're trying to be the next best thing i think well that's probably a british stereotype david a little bit in terms yeah. of yeah and that's what and that's what and that's what it's 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 this is probably 
I think a lot of nationalities get stereotypes and they don't live up to their expectations. So the Americans, you could say brash, loudmouth, the Australians to a certain extent as well. But not everybody's like that when it comes to the personality. Exactly. Whereas some Brits maybe need to step out of that shadow of, hey, I need to just be humble about what I've got. Why? We don't live in a society that works like that anymore. Mm-hmm. We've got that bad boy 24 <laughs> uh, seven. The mobile phone, the internet and things like that of okay i'm not going to paint it in a in a a wonderful brush because it's it's, it's not a good thing as well but in in terms of you know humility and things like that in terms of there's one thing to be humble and to be gracious in in victory and, and and being the good sportsman and having showing good sportsmanship but it's another thing to kind of downplay your own victories which I think yeah. loads of people do. In terms, of, oh, I, I, I made. I'm gonna just throw out a figure now as, as an example. I made five thousand pound or five thousand dollar in a day. If you've never done that before, why wouldn't you dance on the table? But because of maybe you could probably blame schooling a little bit because it's like, oh, you, mm. you can't show yourself to be better than anybody else. Yeah, yeah, but. You work hard. If you've got, I don't know, you're a straight A GCSE student. Okay, in England now numbers, so I, I I'm obviously in Wales, so I can't GCSE. remember. If 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 you get high marks in 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 your schooling, hey, you did the work, you did the hard work. Why why shouldn't you celebrate your your a momentous achievement? But I think we get a little bit shortchanged by. I think the judgment that other people are going to take from Exeter, it's like, you shouldn't really care what YouTube thinks, what Twitter thinks, what Instagram thinks, Facebook, you name it, put it in, in uh, social media, TikTok, for that matter. That other person, do you know the other person at the end of the, under that username? Probably not. Their opinion doesn't matter. Whereas maybe the ones that, these are the ones that hurt probably the most, is obviously the family, your family, because those are, hurt to the to the core but if they don't align with and this is alex Moses said this don't align with where you want to get to their opinion doesn't matter because it's based on their own ideology that they're telling these things so for 99 percent of people that have never even tried to do what you were trying to do so their opinion doesn't matter. So it's only the 1% you need to listen to. And if they're further along in their journey and they've done it, obviously you need to listen to them because they're giving you a piece of advice that might accelerate that progress. I think for me, the blessing of that journey in sport, there's loads of people like that, mm. that, that I was able to to cultivate and be around to put to a certain extent of if it wasn't for people that had trodden the path before me, it wouldn't have given me the buzz because it's like, oh, you've gone to Athens, as an example, in 2004. I want to go to the next one. Don't know how, don't care when. I, I, I want to go to the next one. And, and, and obviously for me, uh, of competing in, in 2008 to 2012, they've just grown and grown and grown to to the point okay tokyo was slightly differently but 
they are night and day to if you only speak of athletes that went to games before sydney in 2000 to to i was i've been fortunate to speak to athletes that went to atlanta in 96 to the point that the once the olympics had finished they were ripping out the the village for the athletes taking out the tv saying so that to a certain extent paralympics means parallel to olympics that's not parallel that's a disparity massively and that is what we're talking about 30 years ago almost in two yeah. years time or three years time sorry so it's come a long way to the point that now if you want to bid for the olympics you 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 can't just oh we don't want the paralympics you you it's, you take both and i think paris be the first one it's the same mascot which is going to be a bit weird but to get your head around that normally there's two different mascots but just to see the leaps and bounds in my lifetime of we've only got to go back to the 2000s of i i started off in able-bodied sport as a swimmer i was in mainstream swimming to it was only coincidence that coach approached me one day i think out of the blue and it caught, caught me off guard but have you thought about doing disability sport i could read into what what i want now or, or were you doing it out of the graces of your heart were you being malicious until i ever speak to that person face to face i will never know it could be one or the above it obviously went for good and i obviously went from strength to strength but the point that i'm making even even 23 years ago I look back down on, on Paralympic sport because it wasn't getting the coverage that it rightly deserves nowadays because I think most people in an ordinary society can relate more to a disabled athlete than they can do some, somebody that's competing in the Olympics because the struggles are pretty similar in day-to-day life because what an Olympian has is obviously they're massively massively tall they've got every strength that you can think of what the ordinary person kind of go well i can't relate to you is you you're not you've got no flaws whatsoever that that are recognizable okay the athletes talking about mental health i think is is probably making them more human as a whole because people can kind of go okay these people are no longer robots they're not here for entertainment purposes they are they do have a semblance of humanity in them and obviously i was one of them so uh i think where the athlete themselves don't do themselves a favor is we don't really have an identity outside of sport it's all engrossed it all encompassing that journey as it's make or break so i wouldn't i wouldn't want to guess how many thousands if not millions of people have failed on their on their dream of becoming a professional in anything and what that's done to them as a result of you you obviously mentioned for football is probably the probably the worst of a lot of how many people fail at academy football and think that their life is a failure and it's like well if you if you said you you as david or me as james i solely encompass of the footballer yeah because that's everything that i set myself out to of that was my expectation it was professional football or bust but who's to say that you couldn't be an amazing electrician amazing plumber 
what act, what or I don't know, lawyer, doctor. Those people probably give more to society than a footballer, probably every whoever it will. So I think that the, the perception is skewed uh, as yeah. when it comes to that. I think because people obviously don't have a patience when it comes to a journey. It's like, oh, I need to get from A to B as quickly as possible. They lose sight of, you know, the enjoying it. It's, it's to be it's to be enjoyed uh, to get from one destination to to the other um I, I i talk about it probably more than i would like to in my day-to-day job of people's impatience and and that and this is doesn't matter what age group which is obviously surprising uh even the older generation have lost patience to some degree um so it's like i think people need to 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 get back to that essence of you know effort hard work because it reaps rewards at the end of it because you you've you've done you've you've you're reaping the the benefits of a job well done Mm. because you've put everything into it okay it doesn't need to be 100 100 mile an hour zero because that's an extreme i think people need to kind of go look at it more so as Hey, if today is hundred percent and ninety percent is tomorrow, that's not a failure because ninety percent is tomorrow. Ninety percent is your hundred, hundred percent on that given day. That's okay. You just alter your your the way in which you look at it and, and keep going. And and I think this is an amazing part of Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, one of the speeches he did. If you can't fly, and I can't remember the bit in between, you walk. You can't walk, you crawl, but you keep moving forward. And I think obviously that's a journey. I don't know many people that can fly other than utilizing the aircraft. But that resolve I probably had because of my parents. Hey, it took me longer to crawl, did it. Took me longer to walk, achieved it. With an aid of obviously a Zimmer frame in the beginning. I've got a picture in this room of me with my very first prosthetic. And I've got a smile on my face from ear to ear. That's probably, I probably go out on a limb and say that's probably my proudest moment in my entire life. People probably wouldn't believe that, but to kind of put that in comparison to to represent my country, that's more of an achievement because I've defeated the odds. The, the making a, a a Paralympics obviously there's going to be an amount of luck, timing, God-given talent, and obviously sacrifice when it comes to tears but obviously there's a lot more things under the surface what we won't go into that obviously comes with sport whereas that is obviously going against somebody else's belief that hey because he doesn't have x amount of bones he shouldn't be able to walk thus at i think i'm six months old i'm standing up yeah so and I do like that. And then we talk now. We will talk about, you know, what you do now. And it says about you coaching, about the um, you know, as an amputee empowerment coach. And I love how that's worded. And you're also the creator of the AMP method, which we want to know. And no doubt, I have got the information. But what is the AMP method? I'm gonna probably be tweaking this anyway, but as in as in, as we're we're talking right now, it stands for adapt, master, prove. 
Uh, and obviously, that probably goes back to the very, very beginnings of me as a kid, doesn't it? Because I've had to adapt to my circumstances. I've had to master things along the way. If if I couldn't do something, I would always find a solution because I want to be able to do things other people take for granted. Of I think I was in primary school, elementary school, probably about eight years old of I was on this sitting on the side and I don't know what mum doing at the playground but she said to me I could see you watching everybody else playing on, on the monkey bars and I could see the cogs turning in your head and that that is obviously it might have been younger than that that's at a young age trying to, to work out an equation as well, I can see how other people are doing it with all their limbs. How do I figure this out? I've got nobody to show me how that's similar to me. How do I figure this out? That obviously nowadays is a mundane task because I can do that pretty simply. But at, at that young age, it's like, well, how do I how do I figure out something that's going to work for me that I can then obviously enjoy my recreational time with my friends as like nothing is any different and that's a mindset that I've taken in, in in every avenue of my life obviously sometimes I probably need to lean into it more than I than I have because it's an amazing toolkit to have to kind of be resourceful in that way of okay this is a problem what solution are you going to pick because there's probably hundreds if not thousands of ways that it can be done obviously just pick one and and I think because of the storytelling that we indoctrinate ourselves with be it through schooling through other people uh, our parents you name it we lose sight of that and I did a little bit when I got older because that's one of the reasons probably why I retired because I didn't enjoy my sport as much as I did at the very beginning. I lost sight of why I enjoyed sports so much. Well, why I enjoy sports to this day and why I enjoyed sport at a young age because I loved it. I I, I, I was obsessed with it. I'm not obsessed with it as much now, but because it's, it's competitive, it keeps me healthy and things like that. That's about it. And I, I, I can, I can always talk about other things and, and I've got other hobbies and things that interest me but I think that's part of the journey that gets skewed along the way for for, for people be it in in early life childhood adolescence um, into adulthood because you're almost conditioned to oh you go to school you get a job you have kids you retire and you die pretty much well that that's five parts of life this is not really an existence that's like surviving um okay if you were to read into that and you were very stoic you would challenge that because oh that's awful existence i don't want to kind of go go through being a child going to school get a job that i potentially don't like to have kids to pay off the mortgage to then wish for being retired and then obviously end up 
dying at the end of it okay that's very morbid but that's something that we can't change the end but you can change the journey um and i'm not saying my life has been any much perfect because it hasn't it's been ups and downs turbulent uh and loop de loops along the way but it's more towards the latter part of of where we are now that where my problems have occurred is because of once i decided to to retire from sport i wasn't prepared i didn't prepare myself for for life outside of sport and that is probably the biggest mistake i won't say regret that i ever made because okay the beginnings weren't planned but they were pretty much structured uh and i had a plan okay go to school finish high school i went to university more so was a sport than anything and then obviously the, the ultimatum was the sport took over where whereas now I'm very systematic and I'm lucky because school and, and, and university and, and, and sport enabled to me become very meticulous with planning and structure and things like that to the, to the point that my coaches are complete opposites of each other. One is very, 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 very organized. Uh, you could almost say, uh, I'm going to word, use the word anal is like, it's, it's too too organized for some people and then the other person's at the other extreme so to the point that i've kind of gone well i can operate at both ends of the spectrum and it doesn't bother me so that's that's a fluke because it's taken years to be able to see that as that's not right and that's not wrong either way it's finding what obviously suits you uh to to, to be in fitting of that journey because if you are somebody that is very creative and does it on the fly and off the cuff, why should you bot yourself up and, and, and put yourself into a box of I need to be organized? Because that could be complete chaos for you. It'd be, oh, I need to get this done by a certain time, but I don't operate like that. I can't, I can't be able to create things as and when they come. I can't be able to be able to create something based off a conversation because I don't know when that conversation is going to happen. If I, if I need it to be, for example, as we're recording on a Thursday, 5th of January, if it needed to be today, but I don't operate like that, that'd be very, very difficult to sit down for an hour to be able to write something because the juices aren't flowing. So the point is with that, obviously there's a learning curve of, of, of what makes you unique as an individual. And obviously that's a journey uh, from beginning to end that we're going to evolve. We're going to change. I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago. I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. And there's learning blocks from who I was 10 years ago that I'd use today because they're massive skill sets that made me successful in sport. But there's others that I probably could utilize that are more impactful of resourcefulness of 30 years ago. Because mm. being able to overcome medical diagnosis is, is probably a massive overcoming of adversity. 
Mm. And and I think where people need to lean into is looking more at instead of creating obviously we're at the beginning of the year, New Year's resolutions is is New Year's oh, what's the word I want to use? Intentions. What what is exactly wanna achieve when? Where as opposed to having good intentions, oh, I'd like to lose weight. I'd like to have the top rated podcast. Those are vague. Why is it important for you to achieve all those? And I, 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 and obviously these are all all deep questions of I think people are starting to to ask themselves because they're being more open to you know meditation mindfulness all these things that are very out there but when it comes to obviously eastern philosophy is a journey as if i can get to know what really makes me unique to myself i know myself thus i know how to be able to help other people and i think when people are better at being at that they become more patient because yeah. they're able to sit with their with their thoughts. They be able to sit with things that potentially aren't good, bad, or indifferent. And what I mean by that, David, is I think people set expectations that are too high for themselves or unrealistic because oh, I need to do this. But you've not set parameters as why 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 is it important for you to achieve xyz mm. so there's no emotional attachment towards what you want to achieve thus the journey is not going to be very 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 pleasant because i'm doing say losing weight because somebody told me that i need to lose weight you're already begrudging that person anyway because it's like oh, i need to prove that person that i'm gonna i'm i'm this that and the other whereas you're not doing it for yourself Whereas people need to remind the journey needs to be for themselves, needs to be enjoyable. Uh, I think for, for, for me going back to going back to the sporting day, that is something that I wish I would have done differently because I yeah. didn't, didn't care if it was something that I enjoyed. I didn't care if I hated it. I didn't matter if it was somewhere in between. I just kind of went and teetering her along in what i call being mediocre now because because it's hurt because it hurts when, when when you say people are mediocre but you're just surviving and you're not actually enjoying you're not thriving you're not you're not learning from the, the what what is what if i want to go really out there the university is trying to t- teach you because there's learning curves and i did speak to a younger uh, athlete um about 18 months ago so about like almost talking to myself 20 years ago and he said the exact same thing and i went no no stop stop let me stop you there there's one thing you're going to learn from me today that you're going to be able to take going forward into your life is you if you if you like it that's wonderful what can it teach you if if you're not enjoying it why not and what what can you learn from other people because that's the definite one that is something you're going to learn a lot from is the negativity because if you could not focus 100% on the bad but what you can learn to do 
differently of you might negate some of the good that was there because it's oh no it's not very good i'll focus on the bad the bad was 10 times worse than it actually was was it really and then obviously the one in between of like blase don't do that because ultimately if you're just going through life skating by not really it's, it's an it's you're on a trajectory on a hiding at the end because obviously that's somebody who's going to have regrets at the end. Oh, I wish I'd have done things differently. But here's your opportunity to do it now by reassessing things and, and, and reflecting on, oh, maybe I was a bit too harsh on myself in that scenario. Maybe, maybe there are wins to take from that setback. I'm not a failure the circumstance failed me and and to look at things from a different perspective almost looking as if somebody else is looking at your life from from 30,000 feet and looking at the bigger picture as what am I wanting to achieve and this this is probably the more the most difficult questions people will be asked is what do you want to achieve in five years? I used to hate that question. But um, Pat Flynn has done a it's for entrepreneur podcast, Smart Passive Income, and he broke it down. I can't remember the name of the book, so I apologize. So I might have to email it to you, David, so, so people can actually get access to it. But in this book, it broke down the goals from you know what is it the person wanting to achieve what does that look like in five years time what does that look like in a year's time what does that look like in a month month's time what does that look like today what does that look like to now and i think what people get obsessed on is they focus too much on the outcome the result or where they wanting to get to and this is why the journey is so difficult because, and I was speaking to a, a gentleman before we came on the podcast, um, his goal was obviously quite substantial that he wanted to lose. And he was focusing on that. But if you focus on a big number, you would agree, David, you would get overwhelmed because it's like, okay, in this instance, it's free numbers. If I was to use a financial one of, if you wanted to, run a six figure business six figure six five zeros six zeros is intimidating because it's like oh i've never done this before and this is um i think an obsession of people got at the at present if you're not running a six figure it's a seven figure business but why because everybody's doing it but why is it important to you and when i heard that i was like yeah you got a point why 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 did jane wants to do that do I really want to do that? Would I be happy with upwards of five, yeah, five, not five, yeah. six figures, but nine, nine, zero, 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 instead of a, a, a million? Because we only got to look at the Simpsons as a, as a cult animation. Montgomery Burns is a miserable guy. <laughs> very wealthy there is a consequence of that uh, of you could be wealthy and be very unhappy mm. 
the, the wealthy person would want to be happy. People that are unhappy, I think it's this almost misconception with money. Money makes you happy. It's like not really. It makes the money. It makes the world go round. But is it is it an objection objection of happiness? Probably not. It's probably caused more misery than people would probably imagine. But it it, it enables you to do more things. I'm not going to dispute that. Whereas where I've reassessed my goals for this year in 2023 alone, it's like, why, why do you want to achieve this? What, if your goal is this, what would be the stretch? What would be something that's going to make you really, really sweat? And for, for me, obviously speaking with my coach, I was very, very deep thoughted in this because I don't know because I don't know what I don't know in terms of my goal of what the the actual goal is the same as it was last year I didn't reach the one last year but I know why because I was expect I was more focused on uh the money which is very bad um in some cases I'm not saying if that's your goal you want to make more money obviously that's that that's fair enough but if you're more of an emotive person like I am there's no motivation there like oh it's 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 a, it's, it's a number on a spreadsheet doesn't mean anything so it shouldn't dictate my emotions but it was oh if I have a bad month oh I'm a I'm crap I mustn't be doing my job properly could be numerous factors the person in front of me is the wrong person they they their their goals aren't aligned with right now they might say they are but they might be better suited in three to six months to a year's time from actually doing the goal and they would actually be really, really I won't say dedicated. They would stop at nothing to get their goal, which because I did a a, a video bef- before the new year on how to make New Year's resolutions last and I was surprised that only 8% of people actually realised their goals. I thought it was far higher than that. But what the eight percenters do is they their goal is that important to them that they'll stop at nothing to get it. And obviously, I didn't want to. There's an extreme with that, but I think for me in sport, I can see re- relatability to me as a fifteen, sixteen year old. I probably would have run through you through my way. David, I'm going to give you a choice here. You can step aside and, and get out my way, or I'm going to steamroll you. Mm. And I wouldn't say that to people, but obviously that would be physically what I would have done. As in, you're in my way. I'm giving you two two options. I'd probably get you to pick the smarter one and get out of the way. But if you're still in the way, I'm coming straight through you because that's the straightest... The straightest line is a straight line, and obviously you're in you're in the way. So some of those things I discussed on that masterclass, I wasn't surprised because some of us most of that is common sense. Um, but I think for us being very smart individuals, we don't have a lot of common sense and don't think of things that be simple. They we have this obsession; it needs to be more difficult than it is. And if it's too simple, oh, God, it can't be that easy. Oh, it's got to be more difficult than that. 
But if you looked at consistency and repetitions, is doing something over and over again. Einstein's good quote is, you know, doing something over and over again and and, and it being wrong is it is the epitome of insanity. The difference between insanity and, and, and what's good is a fine, fine line. But you know, by what's you know, genius, Robin Williams, Einstein. Van Gogh, Van Gogh, Da Vinci. There's probably thousands of people through history in terms of, oh, they're very, they're, they're geniuses. They're also crazy because if you look at Da Vinci stuff with Green Helicopter in the, what was it, 16th century? Where, where, did he, where did he get this? Where did he get the idea from? Because it's not there. But I think it's, I think those People are willing to test the boundaries of the gym. What's what's physically what's physically possible? What's mentally possible? F- for me, for me, for me personally, David, I think I, as a youngster, I probably had a lot to prove to to myself. More so, um, there there probably was a lack of belief a little bit at times and this is only because i've spoken to family about it recently that i've seen talking like that because and i still do it occasionally now i i need to get validation from somebody else before i do something which is wrong because it's like well if you believe in it wholeheartedly you do it despite what anybody said if you believed in it 100 percent that hey if this thing works or it blows up in my face i'm going to persevere with it anyway and uh, whatever happens i'm going to do it if if it was wrong i'm not going to let the people say i told you so be right it's like i did it you can't really say anything because i did it you've never done it if you did it you might not you might even make a failure even sooner if i make it a success those would be the last it's generally speaking this is what's this is what's so sad is more people would like you to fail than to succeed and it's horrible that because it's like and this is where i would i would i would watching i think i implore people if they don't follow, follow alex and mosey you don't have to like him or not if you don't like if if you if you I, I think he's a lot. He talks a lot of common sense. I thought it was sad that he didn't, couldn't go home for Christmas, because if he went home, his friends that he grew up with they can't relate to him because he's 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 we'll call it evolved. His his mental capacity is expanded versus where they're at. They haven't changed in, I think it was twenty years. That the the the. the, the They've changed like six months, but changed 20 times. So they've changed, you change every six months and they've done it 20 times, but they've not changed much since the day he left. So he can't go back because they view him as a former version of himself, which obviously he doesn't want to do because it's, it's, I won't say beneath him, but in terms of, it's, it's very sad to see that we have to break away from be it friends, family for our own good at times. It's very, it's very difficult, but, but they, they 
serve a purpose. And I, and I think what's this quote of, you know, some friends are, are there for a short time and some are there for a lifetime. And it's okay to let go of someone. I don't speak to some people I went to school with. I'm whereas sure. I, th- whereas I used to, I used to, used to think that was bad, but thinking, well, if I've got nothing in common with them, and we we don't share the same anything, why would I keep in talk? Because they're, they're they're not communicating with me. It's like one way street. It's like it normally normally uh, a friendship is, oh, how you doing? Happy birthday, happy new year. You'd want a little bit more than that, but my point is, if if you are evolving as a as a person, those individuals are going to tear you down because oh no, you can't do that. It's not going to work. It's going to be a failure. Um, I between sport and and coaching for a little, I worked in education. That's the most toxic environment, as uh, and probably maybe a healthcare as well most toxic environments of, of of people not wanting you to succeed because I can't remember the statement I said before I left. I said it was a stop back and I mean no offense to the people that have obviously made it their their uh, their passion in, in their in what they wanted to do to teach and try and mold the next generation. I commend that. But for me it wasn't all bad. I'm not gonna say it was all bad, but for the majority it, it it did doesn't it didn't serve me because it's it was everything that you did wasn't good enough. If 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 you 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 did things right by the kids, oh not good enough. Um, I I tried to help a year group would it have been year ten student because uh, they had to do a, a presentation for to do around economics and it's like, oh, I can't present in front of the class so I'm 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 stage fright I can't present to other people okay I think everybody listening you and me David included do not like to do public speaking <laughs> it's probably the most terrifying thing to do that's why you've heard the one you you, you think of one person in the audience and they're on the pants I've never done it but that would probably get you in a different state of mind because you'd be humor or oh i i shouldn't do this but i see this guy or uh the other the other one i've seen it is obviously the film Waterboy, where he gets the coach to visualize and the other coach is a baby the other side which is hilarious but i went out of my way to try and go okay you're using your phone to communicate with your classmates be it snapchat chat obviously tiktok didn't exist yet and you're okay with doing I bet you there's students on there nowadays on TikTok doing silly dances, not actually adding anything. You're okay with, I would go as far as saying humiliating yourself on a public platform for humor, but you're not willing to do something that's going to help you in your education. And you have to do, otherwise you fail. I said, well, could you not record it? Oh no, sir! I can't do it because it's going to be judged. That's the only compromise you had. They didn't do it. I think they flunked the class. But I, I, I obviously went as far as this. Pre-record, pre-recorded is easy. You can edit that thing. 
it's easy okay i make mistakes let me delay out all the ums ahs. i take forever to do that but <laughs> you could go to that extreme to make yourself look better than you would do if it wasn't polished it wasn't you'd go that's what public speakers do they practice they practice they practice they practice to the point they know the end the story the 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 story of the presentation inside and out and they won't make a mistake and that's patience so it's scary to think that okay that generation is 20 years younger than me is unwilling to use technology to their advantage because i bet you the teacher would have said hey that's fine if you're willing to do it the 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 vice principal deputy head i don't know but i think the teacher would have been willing to do it because it's like that's me thinking on my feet and thinking outside the box because people would be surprised that i was very very shy and reserved i i hated public speech i hate to what do in front of things i even hated it as a university student and that's only 10 years ago to the point, oh, I, I wasn't fair of being judged or being ridiculed. It was, oh, is this thing going to be good enough? But all that it matters is if, if if I make every point that I'm supposed to do and it fits whatever, we'll call it interview stuff you're going for. If I tick every box on that they need to hear, Ding ding ding! I've hit the I've hit the jackpot. I've done what I'm supposed to do, and did I think it was good enough? It's never going to be good enough in your own estimation because obviously you're your own worst critic. But that's something that you can obviously still esteem to get better and better and better. At. If you want to become a public speaker, obviously you're going to have to get better at public speaking. Mm. If you want to become a a better podcaster, you need to do it more and more. And that statistics was frightening. I think if you make more than eight episodes, you're in the top 5%. That's scary, that podcast. Because <laughs> it's not a lot, eight, eight episodes. But I think people get a little bit fearful, upright, oh, it's, it's not doing very well. It's not getting any traction. Because you're not giving it a chance. I've done 275 episodes. But my whole whole way in which i do it now isn't about me it's about what can what can, what can i learn from the guest what can i give to other people what can i do to be better at titles what can i do to be able to get hooks what can i do to 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 obviously that's skill set we're going into marketing but these aren't skills i had five ten years ago Social media is a baby. Yeah, 10 years ago. Cause I was it was. Yeah, Facebook is only about 15 years old. Because I was trying to think of what was I doing before Facebook at university. I got it in 2007. So relatively quite new, early in, in the UK because I went to school with a lot of Americans. But the whole landscape has changed. Sports people are brands. They weren't brands when I was competing. It's the blue check mark. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's you've completely changed. You look at say, if you look at my social medias, Twitter's the only one that's verified. 
because that was one of the ones that existed when I was competing. So that's verification. So if you looked at, say, the sports people that go to the Olympics or Paralympics now, it'd be Instagram. Who's to say in, we'll say, depends if it get banned or not, but if it doesn't get banned or not, TikTok might make the next one for 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 Paris and beyond. Because it's, mm. it's something that's always changing. And okay, I'm not a dinosaur, but I, I think as an individual, I don't know how old you are, David, but in terms of my generation, it was almost they're two separate identities. You're one person in, in the street that everybody else knows, and you're a completely different person to your friends and family. And obviously that doesn't exist anymore. You've got to be the same person. Uh, and it took me an age to be able to kind of go, well, don't want people to know everything about me. It's it's weird. Why 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 do you want to know behind the scenes of what I do day to day to me that's boring why why would you want to know why what makes me what i won't say what makes me tick but what makes me what i do behind the scenes big but but that's what people are what people buy into they buy people they don't buy companies i think that that age of you know um company to consumer doesn't exist to company to company doesn't exist it's person to person. It's it's the interaction that you and I are having that people want. It's it's the human connection. The the we're going into the age of obviously, or or uh, what's it called AI, or artificial intelligence, and, and a lot of being banded around that my profession is going to be out of business. It's like psh, no, no, no. And I agree with a lot of coaches that are challenging because. We won't because the information was always there and it has been for forever when health has been not through the form of preparing people for war or gymnastics. That information has been there probably since the 70s. The people are not paying me in that instance, and I'm not being vain about this, I'm, being, I'm just saying the truth they're paying me for this so they get implementation and they get a result. Okay, what's probably not helping the fitness industry is we still live in an era that paper hour still. So the people's people's concept of it is I need to pay per hour. Yeah, yeah, but what the gym doesn't deliver is I can't have clients back to back to back because I can't give you your what you really deserve, which is... How do I get you to your result in a quicker time time span that you would like? So say you wanted to achieve something in three months. If I got in two, if I got you in two months, you'd be happy. And there was one coach, oh, I can't remember. It's a mindset coach, and I can't remember his name. The amount of what he charges for per hour, I think it was like seven thousand pounds for the hour. But what he said, if I could solve your problem in three hours versus three months, would you not want that to be done? And you can't you can't argue against that. <laughs> if I can have my problem solved in three hours versus three months, I'd take the three hours, but it's going to be very, very intense in three hours. So if you're not ready for that in three hours, it's going to be... You, 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 the likelihood of you... 
um, ascertaining and, and taking on board that information and actually retaining it is very slim. And I, and I can't remember watching one of how you be able, I think it's Jordan Peterson about book, reading books. You need to write notes for you to remember the important information in them, not passive reading. Because I think he said that um, Le- LeBron James was passive reading. You're not likely to remember information. But what I do very, very well is I hear it numerous, numerous places from different people, but it's the same thing. And I remember the information. It's exactly the same thing. So I'm not a, I'm not a very, uh, I'm not an avid reader. I'm not going to say I'm not a good reader because that's not true. It's not, I don't like reading. I just don't, I don't like, uh, I don't, I shouldn't say I don't. I prefer to be able to take the information through the ears because obviously you could do something, be it drive, driving. You shouldn't really do this because uh, it's probably on par with smoking and, and, and drinking a beverage because you're not really focusing on the road. But in terms of you could do something multitasking at the same time, you could be at the gym listening to a podcast. You could be... Um, you, you you could be doing say from a focus standpoint of you need to, to be studious you could do binary beats there's there's ways in which you can you you can absorb information a lot quicker i wish i knew this like i when i, when I was a teenager because it'd be it'd be invaluable because i think the best piece of advice i've ever heard in my lifetime it was from a psychology professor why the people why are smart kids successful in school not because they study more it's because they 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 study throughout come back to the journey again throughout the, the the academic year and when it comes time to revising they're revisiting the information and i went light bulb went off i went ah i'm stereotyping smart kids because I'm doing like everybody else and I'm just revising. Whereas if I'd have taken the patience to look at the information every day, every week, the revision would be easy because it'd be, okay, I know that. I know that I need to look over that because it's not quite sunk in to when I did my personal training degree, I did exactly that. Because I did my I, I, that t- sorry not degree when I did my professor's training certificate because I'd done a degree before in, in 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 sports science a lot of what I was seeing I'd already seen so okay I know that I'm surprised I still know it so I'm, I must have been paying attention and that's being harsh to myself now thus I only need to look at this I got the highest grade in the class and me being me being me um people were like well. well don't you want another question? You go wrong. Well, they can't tell me, so I'm not gonna. I'm not. I was a bit annoyed, but I was like, oh, I got one wrong. Okay, but if we rewind back to the days I was in school, I would have chastised that person. Oh, that kid's high, smart, always in the books, got no life. Whereas, Matt, for me, sport was number one, but my school was very. The lines were blurred. Kids were smart boy smart sorry smart creative sporty creative the mishmash and, and it's only the last year i went oh, well james 
the people are exactly like you. My parents hate me for this because it's like, oh, I wish you would have put, put, done better in academics. I didn't. I, w- I, w- I wish I might have done because I did a, um, a talk at a college in the UK. So what would be the, for the Americans? Probably 17, eight years old, 18 years old. I said exactly that. The kids, they loved it. Oh, James, I I wasn't very studious. Kids, yeah, yeah. They'd go to that extent, but you could hear could you could hear some some cheers in the audience. The faculty, on the other hand, they, they weren't pleased. Like, okay, hang on a second. Let me go to the next slide. I wasn't very studious. I got a I went to American school, so I got B average. So bright, but not. I wasn't as bright as probably my family would have liked. Um, hang on. Hang on, faculty. Did I do my postgraduate by then? No. I think I'd only done my undergraduate. So I went to, uni- I went to university. Got a, got a two two. So I'm okay. I'm, I'm about average. So I'm smart. Not only that, I did what I wanted. I did what I loved. I think the faculty got what they wanted in the end because, like, hey, I'm not condoning not being book smart because it's it's a way it is one way to succeed, and probably more so than sport because it gives you knowledge and it gives you the opportunity to go any way, which way in your journey. Um, so I would probably commend it to everybody to to it doesn't have to be academic books; it could be something that you you would like to learn more about um so for me it could be anything now because it's like oh if i want to oh quite interesting to know this topic i wanted to or it could be somebody who's asked me a question i don't know the answer okay i better find out what the answer is myself or ask somebody that does because i'm i'm not afraid to say to somebody hey john i don't know the answer but i'll find out for you because you want to know the answer I I obviously want to know the answer because I need to. I, I'd like to know it, and I don't. And if this question comes up, I can answer it myself. And then, if if I don't, I know somebody that obviously will, which is an advantage because it's like, okay, this I don't know. I don't need to go and find out. I know the exact person to speak to. Oh, so and so, I'd like to know X Y Z. Do you mind coming on a podcast? And we talk about it. So I don't help one person. I help I help hundreds. And I think from that, that journey, I think is amazing because that's never changing thing as well. Because I've got a luxury now that almost every week I get to speak to somebody different. New perspectives, new journey that they've, encountered what they faced every uh, upheaval highlight and my perspective might change as a result as okay i align with jane what she said has been impactful on my thinking and then or or it could be oh i don't agree with every aspect of it but one nugget i took away from what James said, I'd like to add to me. 
to be a better version of myself. So it's I think it's that that very much rolling with the tide, going with the flow of of life, because um, that's what life is. is it's a it's a river, meandering river. You can't you can't you can only move you can only move it by obviously altering its course. Um, but if, if you're able to actually enjoy every aspect of the, of that journey, it's probably a very pleasant pleasant one. So, um, to some, um, end and conclude, um, what would you say to people to be positive for the future in your own words? Ooh, that's a great question, David. That's a great <laughs> to be positive. I think you need to look at the word in itself because what is positive for me might not be positive for you. What's positive for you might not be positive for somebody else. So it's all subjective and it's very, very, uh, very much one of how you look at it. Because if I say, you, if I go back to the very beginnings of the episode of you could say my my life was adverse. Do I do I agree with that? For the most part, I didn't. Is it one of is my life of positivity? Yes and no. Is it is it uplifting to other people, motivational, inspired? Yes. So it's positive in that light, but. It's how you view the future. So when you say positivity, obviously it's very, you could loosely use it in terms of good or bad. Uh, it, the, the, the one that I would like people to look at it is from of, of the future, you dictate it. Good or bad, you, you are in charge today. So if you want a positive future, Okay, it'd be wonderful if you have a positive mindset, but that's obviously, I'm going to use one of my podcasts because we talked about this now, but slightly differently. Uh, I, I sat down with uh, Christine Myers for episodes, I'll use the title because I can't remember what number it is. It is the, oh, what did I call the episode? Future Reservations. And she uses an anecdote of crossing a river. You could use, and this is a sport in the Netherlands, so go YouTube it if you've never seen it, but they jump over the, the, the dikes with it. But she said it in, in the episode of you could try to run as fast as you could from one side of the other and jump over the river. What happens if you fall flat, face first in the water? Failure, because you've not got to the other side. Whereas if you use this rocks as a stepping stone to get to the eventuality of the other side, your perception will change. Oh, today is not a great day. Okay, not complete failure. Just step forward. You only move a step forward until you feel comfortable with that statement. So if you feel quite uneasy, 
obviously go i'd say go either go watch it or go you or, or, or go listen to it because I'm, I'm not doing it justice but my point is is using incremental milestones so little little goals along the way to if your your goal of positivity is unsurmountable right now that's okay it's because you 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 are you've got control because for, for me and david positivity might be something different because oh, we're a bit closer so it's it's very very be very judgmental of me to say oh well, just think like this because if you're further away and you could be at the very beginning oh gosh that's so overwhelming that's too difficult oh no i won't do it so it's starting with baby steps so taking whatever it is needs you need to do today to take action to move a step closer so that's how i would view positivity in looking in light of uncertainty of the future just take that initial step there's also it's a book but it was also if you were in the uk this was on the television at christmas so it's probably still there uh it is the the fox the horse the mole and the boy and that is exactly the same thing and that's obviously a kid story but the, the moral of the story is exactly the same so if you're in the UK, you can go watch that. I've I've heard about the book, and when I've seen it as a television pro- program, I was like, oh, I already know the <laughs> I already know the ending, so um, I I don't need to watch. So you've got that ultimate, and then in terms of positive for the future, using people like like I I would probably listen to David's podcast, and I'm not just saying that because I'm on it as as one way to 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 help with that journey because i think i was would you agree david that your your podcast is a journey you're mm. going to learn something from every episode yeah that's what i aimed to do but started off just seeing how people's journeys compared to my journey and that's how i like it and that's how i identify on the journey because i believe and that's why the logo is the way it is is because everyone's got a unique journey and i like unique perspectives yeah and i think i think to add to what you've said david i think it brings things in put into perspective because somebody's journey on your podcast might be harder than somebody's where they're at right now so it brings people into i know we i mentioned mental health a little bit in in the episode it brings in put into perspective of okay you might have anxiety depression or what or whatever when it comes to mental health. I'm not diminishing to say that's good or bad. But it gives you relatability to I'm not the only one that's going through it at that particular pump. Thus it opens your perspective in terms of I've got more of an open approach. It's not just me and I'm laser focused. This is what's bad about sports people now. I'll, I'll come it's there's the single mindedness. But when it's to do with your own suffering this this doesn't help you because you you get fixated on the problem and it doesn't matter if somebody says think more positive it's not helpful because it's like what what do you think i'm trying to do i'm I'm trying i'm trying to change the circumstances i don't want which is not the most ideal thing to do because ultimately that's not going to change it's having acceptance with it but 
it gives you the foresight to be a little bit more open to seeing the world around you and kind of go, okay, the world isn't so bad as I perceive it in my own head. It's, as we're recording, obviously January, Britain's, I won't say miserable, but in terms of it's, 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 we've got, uh, uh, um, people know Britain as being pretty miserable, dark, blah, 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 blah. And it's currently in a time of change because of what's gone on in recent months. Well, with, with the royal family, for example. <laughs> but the season, the seasons are going to affect how you feel as well. Yeah. So you're going to be. Most people have heard of sad nowadays. Of um, what is it? I can't remember what the 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 anagram actually stands for, but it's a it's a it's a syndrome because of the weather, and it's going to play a factor on 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 how you feel because you're not getting as much sunlight, you're not outside as much, blah blah blah. You're not overall healthy as you would be in the summer because it's it's a little bit more enjoyable to be outside. And, and socializing and things like that so it all affects the way that you think but if you can take that approach of using stepping stones as okay this is my goal whatever that is the other side positivity whatever your goal is for 2023 what do i need to do in small chunks to get that and i give myself praise along the way so obviously what i was talking about at the beginning of the episode of dancing on the table doesn't have to literally do that you can do if you want to <laughs> can record it if you want to do um obviously whatever is going to make you feel best about that achievement do it if it's i don't know you 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 lost five pounds i want to have a bit of cheesecake okay i've had it have a bit of cheesecake as long as you don't eat the whole thing it's okay or you don't let things get out of control, but you 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 you're giving something that makes you feel good, and it's not a reward. It's hey, I've done something good. I'm proud of what I've achieved. Hey, David, good job. James, good job. Whoever's listening, pat on the back, because it's something that we are. Not in sports, people say because. You you could say you you like football I can tell David. What's the first thing they do when they score? They celebrate the, in ridiculous and I say ridiculous, not just a and sort of thank you. Well, Alan Shearer did that, but they dance around, do different ways. Of yeah, but why why other than they're doing their job? But why why shouldn't they celebrate exactly. doing something well done? And they thanking their fans by doing that. But that's something that we should do as a society as a whole. Hey, I've done a good job. I don't expect you to, in, in, if you're watching, listen to this in an office block, to go rub, run, run up and down the aisles <laughs> in your office because people will be thinking you're weird. But doing it in, in a way that is maybe socially acceptable. Um, I know a number of coaches when they have a, a, a win, they ring a, a bell, like a wind bell. But obviously when you're not used to that, it's not normal. It's like, why, why, why are you doing that when you've done something that is 
It's both sampling. But inherently, one thing I do with my clients is that little win. I do it all the time. Oh, what's what's the one win you got from last week? And then we'll go to the bad. Okay. You don't think that is a win. It's massive. So depending on what it is, if it's like emotional and it's, it's like, well, that's that's amazing. That's that's huge. And one of the clients I was speaking to this week, she's not faced adversity in with, with the time that she's worked with me. But I can't. What you need to lean into weaknesses and how you perceive failure, because that's going to be helpful when you do face adver- real adversity, because it's going to be able to help you in the long run. Uh, so I think if I summar- summarize it on a whole for you, David, so people can get it, it, it it's, it's subjective. It's it, it's very much one of how you look at things. Because if you see uh, uh, your life as good and bad, a bit difficult because if something's, because if you and I looked at their life, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? And I can't remember where I seen this because it was like it was eye opening. I don't know why, as human beings, I think it might be in TikTok, but TikTok's quite useful sometimes. Human beings, we've got this obsession of being happy. We're striving for happiness, but why? And and it hit me when I thought about it. Shouldn't we be content with living life? Good and bad. So it was so for me, take that how you will, because but I think living life and taking the good and the bad, I think it helps you better because you're a bit able to absorb. Nobody analyzes for the majority. I know one person on my social media that does this. One out of 2,000 people. He analyzes the good and looks at why. I don't do that, or very rarely. Majority of us will look at the bad. But if we were to be able to embrace it and accept it as much as we accept the good, we'd be living. So there wouldn't be any positivity or negativity. It'd be okay. This thing in the future is happening to me. Okay. What am I going to do about it? Not go, this is happening to me. I'm going to react in a way that is relatively probably going to be negative. Be it to do with prices going up in the UK. Okay. I understand some people are in dire straits. How resourceful can you be? And and I think the, I think for me, I think my life's been an amazing superpower that I've got more of that than I probably give it credit. The amount of adversity I've faced, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being being brash about that. I'm just saying, I'm just spitting facts. I should be able to face any adversity that comes to me, but obviously I'm like everybody. I'm like everybody else. If if, if it's something bad happens, you quickly inter you internalize it as 
well, I must be the fault. So you can quickly go from being something that's positive to negative, just like that. Mm. But the scientific stuff of the chemicals that obviously makes you angry, sad, depressed, frustrated, 30 seconds. What we need to get ourselves out of is real, real, replaying that on a loop. Oh, David made me angry. But David made me angry yesterday. Why am I angry now? About the same scenario. So if we can be able to almost unhook that, you would feel more positive. You would feel more motivated. You would feel more inspired because you're you're taking the emotion out of this out of the event. And I'm only saying for the bad ones because that's most what people want to do. So you don't get angry without obviously taking some accountability. So I've done this loads to, to reflect on us. Okay, if I'm angry with you, David, what have I done to contribute to make me angry? Because you can walk away from the situation and you'll be fine. I'm the one that's left with the with the with the emotion. But what have I done to obviously make myself get into that state and what can i do to not react in a way that i don't want to so it's what i want people to to remember and i'm going to wrap it up on this is is that perception if you want to be positive 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 it's always going to be somebody that wants to tear you down no matter what so it's reframing Pretty much how you see the world, how you see yourself, how you see others, and and not necessarily take it as, oh, I'm going to be able to achieve this tomorrow because you're not. This is hard. This is obviously what we're talking about is mindset. This is this is hard because okay, you might want to change to, to today and tomorrow. What are the steps you're going to be able to do tomorrow to be a better version than you are today? And then yeah. that's how you progress. So I think I'll leave it on that. Okay. And, and, and just thank, and thank you for sharing your journey. It's amazing just to even know that because it's not just like we said at the beginning. It's not just about the what you immediately see. It's what's underneath all those layers. So thank you for sharing your journey. Oh, that's all right. Or well, we can end on this one. You know, Shrek. Shrek's like an onion. <laughs> Yeah. So you can put that while coming with DreamWorks is track. Yeah. But just look, but just if people, I obviously mentioned a book, kids book. You look at nursery rhymes, you look at cartoons, you look at things that we would watch as kids. You We watch them as adults. There'd be other meanings and other things under the surface. Ah, it meant to me, it meant that to me as a kid, but it's got a whole, it's got a whole different meaning as an adult. Mm. And there's so much, a lot of good and bad things on the surface. There's obviously a lot of adult humor and kids' movies as well. But in terms of, there's a lot of life, life, life lessons in things that we already know and we already got access to. So, be it, I don't know what's a good example of growing up. We use Peter Pan because that was that, that's probably a good one. 
obviously Captain Hook is made out to be the baddie. And I've seen one on social media. They flipped, I think it was YouTube. They flipped it and said, what if Peter Pan was the baddie? Because he doesn't want to grow up, does he? Mm. Thus, he wants to keep the kids never to grow up. And thus, is Captain Hook not the good guy for trying to save them? Mm. Complete paradox and complete shift of things, of mm-hmm. uh, of change, of... And I'm thinking, but is is could Captain Hook be one of the kids that escaped? Thus he got older. And um, but I think from that, it's looking at things that you might have read as a kid, uh, you've watched as a kid, and maybe going, maybe okay, look at things, see if there's any bits of motivation I can stem from it. So let's say film I was watching before Christmas and I apologize for obviously making it a bit longer this episode David was King Arthur and everybody's heard the King Arthur, story of King Arthur one way shape or form of, of him uh, pulling out Excalibur but in this remake I think it's a 2013 one with Jude Law and, and things like that for me the end of the movie where he thanks his uncle for making him and making it, that's where the drive came from. You made me. Obviously, I've got one of those when it, one of my teachers in school. And you've got, you know, you know the context. I've that for me is like, oh, wow, I hit home. So there's a lot of things you could look at be it TV, film, books, and maybe look at it from a different set of eyes now as an, as an adult, or even if you've got teenagers watching and uh, listening, maybe look at some of those things again and look at it from a different perspective. Ah, I looked at it then as that. I see this now. What This is what this was trying to teach me. Well, thank you, James. It's been a pleasure talking to you today on the journey. Thank you again, David, for having me on. was The Journey, hosted by Wise Words Imaging, hosted by David Hackett. Be sure to like, subscribe and listen to another journey coming soon.